everyone and welcome to another episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira. Um, and I hope that my voice doesn't sound too croaky today because um, I was at the gym this morning and decided that I was going to do some sprints on the treadmill. So <laughs> I really pushed myself, but after running fast, I get runner's cough, which is apparently actually a thing. I read some articles on it. Really? Um, and apparently the the professional name for it is like exercise induced bronchitis or something like that um, and it's like that you just heart rate <laughs> and your lungs are not not in sync because you've gone too fast and so afterwards um I've just, I was just in the gym like coughing my lungs up basically um, <laughs> it was really nice um, and reason number 976 why you shouldn't sprint <laughs> the... I on the other hand I've only just woken up, so my voice might sound weird too, but for a very different reason. All the same, we're just coming at you as two croaky gals today, so just wanted to address <laughs> that. Shall we change the name of the podcast? <laughs> we're Croaky Gals. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Welcome to another episode. Shall we kick it off as per usual with our highs mm-hmm. and lows? Yeah. Shall I go first? Absolutely. And that's what you meant. Really like <laughs> yeah. That. So my high of the week happened last weekend. I feel like we should maybe acknowledge that we are intentionally going two weeks between each episode. Yes. Um, before I dive into my high, <laughs> because as as well as like we're trying to balance this alongside everything else in life, we also just feel like we have more to talk about when there's been a two week gap, and it just works. I think a lot better balancing it along other everything else in life, um, getting it edited and turned around in time, and it just works for us. So we're not doing it by accident. It is very intentional that this is now bi weekly. Although I did see a TikTok that said that bi weekly can mean twice a week or once every two weeks. I think. What would you think that meant? I would think that meant twice a week, so I would use fortnightly to to clarify. But I do think it is a confusing term. But yeah, um, the main reason, for me at least, um, being that I'm now the editor of the podcast um, for doing this... Editor-in-chief. ...is the fact that we no longer have Jay on team podcast. He's still around, um, living his (laughs) life. He doesn't hate the podcast. He's not, like, anti-podcast. He just has taken on extra things in his life, which means that he definitely Mm -hmm. does not have time for editing anymore, so I have taken that back into my remit but it is difficult to manage everything so we thought we'll we'll get it set out right now that we'll do it every two weeks and then everyone knows where they stand basically i think we've got more chance of not taking an accidental five month hiatus (laughs) if we do it every two weeks so really this is the best for everyone absolutely so that's kind of the update on why we're leaving it every two weeks very intentional um but for that reason i feel like we've got loads to talk about absolutely and my high of the week happened last weekend i went home to liverpool for mother's day which me and rachel my little sister you might remember her from the sister episode had been planning a surprise for my mum for a long time there's this place in liverpool liverpool <laughs> called oh me oh my and a lot of people use it as a wedding venue it's this really beautiful building and they do a mother's day afternoon tea which we booked months ago i've actually never been for afternoon tea so i feel like my high of the week is that we took my mum out for mother's day afternoon tea but also that it was my first ever afternoon tea which what an event (laughs) and also i'm almost 24 like literally almost 24 five days guys and i had never had afternoon tea and i feel like that's quite is that is that correct 
that is fairly rogue. I don't know. Um, I've definitely had afternoon tea quite a few times. I've only been out for like official afternoon tea on like maybe like five occasions. But yeah. then like there's also cream tea where you just get the scone and jam and the tea. Um, so I've done that quite a lot of times. But I'm a big a big scone fan. So um, I love an afternoon tea personally. See. I had a few thoughts about the afternoon tea experience. <laughs> like, I'm glad I've had it, and it was such a beautiful building, and they'd, like, put fairy lights everywhere, and there was live music, and it was really nice to, like, do that with my mum and my sister. We don't, because I live here, and they live in Liverpool, I don't often see them for things like that, so it was really lovely, and that, I think, is the high in itself. But I don't think afternoon tea lends it, lends to me, lends to me, that's not a, that's not a phrase, but we'll call it, um, in that I'm a very picky eater. So like when it came to the cake situation, mm-hmm. I'll eat anything that's sweet. Like yeah. really there is no boundaries. But sandwiches wise, like some of them are just a bit too weird for me. I went for the vegetarian one with my sister mm-hmm. and my mum got the normal one. Um, and some of them were just so weird. Like, what happened to just a cheese sandwich? <laughs> yeah, I feel like they are like a highbrow sandwiches. In my humble opinion, the savoury portion of afternoon tea is always the worst part. Like, yeah, the the main event is the scones, and if I could have like three layers of just scones, cream, and jam, that's what I would choose because I just think they're yeah. the best part. Like, even better than the cakes for me, in my opinion. Oh, really? Yeah, I just I love a scone with cream and jam. I think it's incredible um, to be fair that was the first time i'd had a, a scone <laughs> in um about five years and i realized wow. that i do like them yeah i think they're really tasty um a lot of times when i've had them as a vegan because i think i've probably been out for afternoon tea more times mm. as a vegan than beforehand um and i think the cream that you get obviously as a normal person is like clotted cream so it's quite heavy whereas for vegans yeah. they generally seem to go for like coconut cream um I feel like it's a bit lighter and I always feel like I could go again after I finish my first scone. Um, <laughs> so really, really delicious. Um, but the sandwiches, they're kind of like, they're just like, yeah. it's just like having dinner and you know that the pudding is what you're looking forward to, but you have to yeah. go through the hoop of having the dinner first. So that's kind of exactly. how I feel it. Which is weird because when I go to a restaurant, I almost never get dessert because I'm such a savoury person. But in the afternoon tea (laughs) world, like, it was so annoying because one of the little savoury things was, like, a pesto and cheese melted brioche thing. And it was insane. But then there was only one of them. And then there was two coronation chickpea. And I was like, (laughs) oh, that is just not. Like, the side cutting of that sandwich looked like fingers in a sandwich. (laughs) That's what my mum said. Oh, that's, that's really, lovely, that after is. After she'd said that, I couldn't put it in my mouth. No. So. But then the high of the afternoon tea um, was that I didn't realise that you could get hot chocolate, on after- unlimited hot chocolate. I it don't, was literally my I dream. I don't think that's standard. That's quite is lucky it for you. I feel like, yeah, it was a good afternoon tea. You could have any coffee. There was a, You would have loved it. There was, I think, probably about 30 teas. <gasps> And they um, came over, they came over with the tray and like told you about each tea. Um, And then they were like, oh, and you can have white milk or dark hot chocolate too, unlimited. And I was like, this is, this is heaven. This is what heaven looks like, minus coronation chickpea. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. wow, So that's my high of the week. First ever afternoon tea experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And just going home in general, any, any time spent with Bobo is a high, (laughs) in my opinion. Love it. (laughs) And then my low of the week, I'm going to take a leaf out of your book this week. Okay. And she's an ailment. <laughs> That's my lower. Um, and it's funny because I wrote like down some notes for the, I went 
back to last year when I used to be really prepared mm-hmm. and write little sticky notes of what I'm going to say. <laughs> My low just says, it says, hi, afternoon tea, low, burn on the waivers. <laughs> so that's, that sounds really weird. <laughs> but essentially... Do you remember I bought that mermaid waiver okay, hair yeah. tool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got really back in got back really back I don't know how to say that. Got really back, back into, into it. <laughs> yeah, I got back into it. Got back into using it. The problem with it was that I bought it last year when it was really hot, used it when it was hot. It made me unbelievably hot to use it whilst it was sunny. <laughs> and then I just got put off the whole experience. But then I've started using it again this week because I really like it. And I just turned to look at something with the waver in my hand and really burnt my shoulder and it's really sore because it's right where my bra strap goes Mm. yeah that's not it's not a vibe not a vibe (laughs) um i haven't burnt myself on a hair appliance in a very long time i burn myself cooking almost on a daily like a daily occurrence i'm always like well our oven gloves at the moment are um like basically disintegrating like the bit that's heat proof is gone that sounds sensible <laughs> and so like i'm trying to get like the enchilada dish out of the oven and you know that's hot it's really yeah, hot yeah and my fingers are just not feeling it um or i'll like touch something that i forget has just been out of the oven so i, I burn myself frequently but i haven't burnt myself on a hair straightener or anything like that in a long time but i do remember that was a, a painful yeah. thing um i'm always held to blame for burning attain um my sister who again you may remember from the sister episode um i used to straighten my hair every day before school and i would sit on the floor in our bedroom because we shared a room um and i had finished straightening my hair and i think i'd left the straighteners on the floor um they weren't plugged in or anything but they were obviously still hot and i didn't know exactly how it happened like whether she fell or just knelt down but she burnt her leg i'm pretty sure and somehow it's all my fault well i'm sorry (laughs) watch where you're going (laughs) yeah it is a toxic trait of mine to like turn them off but just leave them on the floor like it really is a bit dangerous (laughs) but yeah my love of the week was a leaf out of your book this week a physical ailment a little ailment um what's your highs and lows okay so my high is a super easy one and it is okay bridgerton bridgerton (gasps) is my high we obviously that was that was close second for me yeah we are going to talk about this in a lot of detail (laughs) so for any bridgerton fans out there buckle up and if you're not then let us turn your world around because Bridgerton obviously came out last year for the first time with season one and I was sucked into Bridgerton mania along with most of the rest of the world not you though um you managed Mm -hmm. to resist it Um, and then the second season came out in the last couple of weeks and I absolutely loved it I think it was incredible season two was better than season one in my opinion I just absolutely love the romance that goes on it's a very like enemies to lovers vibe for season two uh, and i just felt like it was so much fun i absolutely loved it the music was incredible as it was in season one to be honest like but i think there were some absolute faves for me so there is a dancing scene um in a ballroom where the main character anthony is dancing with the sister of the woman that he's courting um and they dance to an obviously orchestral version of dancing on my own and i have listened to that song the orchestral version a hundred times probably since seeing that i just think it's incredible there's also Harry Styles sign of the times in there oh really and then I think in the last episode there's Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus it's just incredible it's incredible I didn't realize how much I loved 
orchestral versions of pop songs, but it is it's so, so fun. <laughs> but it's so much fun. Like I to get people up to speed was very late to the party on Bridgerton. I have now finished season one and I'm two episodes into season two. Mm. And the fact that I now have an orchestral version of Wildest Dreams, which for anyone that didn't know this, because why would you, is my number one Taylor Swift song of all that time. That became my number Literally. one after that version my mind. i mean like it's that that episode i think it's episode six of season one is when wow <laughs> she's a super fan <laughs> i am a super fan bridgerton is my life right now um but it's just it's incredible i mean everything that's going on and then the music is just mm-hmm. absolutely top notch um but yeah season two i just think it's beat okay don't spoil it i won't it's just, it's just beat season one for me um and i was talking about this with Etienne yesterday she mm-hmm. also agrees i'm so excited to finally be able to talk about it with someone because obviously you have caught up a little bit but you're still behind i can't talk about mm-hmm. season two sarah has decided that she's going to be on team formula one at the moment so she's talking about oh, racing gosh. it's Honestly, it's too much for me. So she's talking about racing. She'd only seen episode one of season two and I was relying on her as a fellow Bridgerton fan to be the person to talk about it with. And she's let me down. So if Sarah, I know yeah. you're listening to this, get up to speed, please, because I need to talk about and it. please stop watching Men in Little Cars. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, give me a few days and I'll be there. You're doing a good job. You have, like, I mean, you've gone through... That's season one... And two episodes of season two in a week. Yeah, so like, I, I have full faith that by the next time we sit down to record the podcast, you will have yeah. finished Bridgerton. Um, and I'm now also reading the books. So last year I read the first book because I'd watched the first mm-hmm. series. Um, but this weekend I decided it'd be fun to try and see how many I could read in the one weekend. So yesterday I nice. managed to read the second one, which is called The Viscount Who Loved Me, which is obviously Anthony's story. I've now started benedicts which is called an offer from a gentleman and it's giving me major cinderella vibes so far oh, i'm really liking it so um, would i like them or would that be not my style of book i don't know to be honest it's definitely trashy romance so <laughs> oh samuel <laughs> like it's easy reading i do think that the first book is definitely the worst from what i've read so far obviously i can now right. compare the second book was better and then the third book I'm liking a lot. However, because mm-hmm. you are familiar with book, like the topic of book one, because you've seen the series, you could hypothetically start with like Skip. any of them really. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think they're, they're worth a try. They're very easy reads and I have them all. I might all, borrow so them yeah. you. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> um, here's a question. Who's your favourite character? So, so difficult. Um, <laughs> They're all so wonderful. Um, But let me think about this. So, in season one, the first person who caught my eye was Eloise. I just thought she was so fun and hilarious. And I've really enjoyed seeing her character develop throughout season two because I feel like she got a bit more screen time in season two. Um, I also, of the brothers, really liked Benedict. I think he's fun um, and arty. Um, And I liked him. I... I did like Daphne. I do really like Daphne. Um, Mm -hmm. Anthony, I did not like in season one. In season one. But in season two, he has majorly redeemed himself. Um, And I really liked Kate as well in season two. Um, Obviously, I won't give any spoilers, but I really liked Mm -hmm. her. So, on the whole, I like most people. (laughs) One person who I didn't like is Penelope. (gasps) Really? Do you know, I liked her in season one. In season two, she gradually 
went down in my estimation with each episode. So right, I'm hoping okay. so that could happen to me too. I'm hoping that turns around because I know that the next book so I'm reading Benedict now and the next one says because they all I'll show you the covers of them they like mm. say um the title and then it says like Anthony's story underneath it right so okay. book number four is called Romancing Mr Bridgerton and it's called Penelope and Colin's story so I know she's going to become more of a main character, a big character. um see so yeah. I don't think I have a favorite character but I do um I think it would probably be Eloise, but I think one of my favourite scenes in the whole entire thing that I've watched so far is that scene in, I think it's, it's either episode one or episode two of season two, mm-hmm. where Penelope and Eloise leave the party and they're like lying on the grass outside and they yeah. have a very candid conversation about like their feelings and how out of it they feel. Mm-hmm. And then they just start laughing. And I think that that's just such a lovely moment of female friendship yeah. and you know how much I love female friendship so I really enjoyed that scene that's probably one of my favourite scenes in the whole thing as well as the moment in season one where it starts raining in, in like the final episode oh. those are like two of my favourite scenes yeah and um, I do like in season one I really liked Penelope and Eloise's friendship so I can see why that would be a favourite but yeah um, long story short I love Bridgerton so much so that it has taken over my life and is definitely my high of the week I absolutely love it so that is number one my high of the week going on to my low of the week quite sad it's a plant-based milk situation <laughs> i'm like a shiver of like fear runs through my veins when you say it's quite a sad situation because the last time that happened it was pot roast and i laughed at you crying and everyone thought i was a bad person so i'm glad it's plant milk yeah i'm not gonna cry about plant milk don't cry over spilt plant milk but anyway um what <laughs> what happened is that um i've been trying to save money as i think most of us are at this time in the world where mm-hmm. you know inflation is is taking hold of our lives and um, so like i used to be a solely oatly person i would always buy oatly milk um, and specifically i would buy the oatly semi milk because i really liked that one i thought it was perfect for tea wasn't too creamy but it wasn't too watery either so would recommend that milk for everyone out there however in recent weeks i have started mixing it up a bit and just going for the ones that are on offer because it can be like a difference of a pound yeah. for the bottle so it's like worth it to do that and I saw this week the one milk that was on offer was a new Alpro milk and they've brought out ones that like the packaging looks like normal milk so it's like they've got a blue a green I think there's a red one as well my Tesco only had blue and green but it's like shush this isn't milk is what the packaging says (laughs) um and they had semi and it was made out of oats so I thought oh yeah oat semi this is absolutely wonderful just like the oatly semi-skim milk that I used to buy. Um, however, I'm gonna have to ask you to please keep adding the word semi after semi. semi. It's throwing me um, it doesn't say semi-skimmed on there. It just says semi. Therefore, I'm being An oat-based semi. <laughs> you are a child. Um, but anyway, um, I opened it. I smelt it. And I had to double check that it was vegan because it smelled so milky. Um, like, obviously good on Alpro. They've clearly created a product that maybe will fit a gap in the market for, like, non-vegans wanting to, like, make the transition. Or maybe people who are just, like, allergic to dairy and don't dislike it, but they just don't 
want to feel sick after they eat it. I don't really know, but it smelled just like milk. I made a coffee with it. It smelled so milky and it tasted like dairy milk from what I could remember. And I just, I felt triggered, upset, disgusted. Um, <laughs> um, and it was just not, it didn't taste like oat milk. I felt really upset by it. Right, okay. Um, wasn't what I was hoping for and I bought two of them. So now I've got two <laughs> litres of disgusting milkiness to drink. Um, and so... That's really sad. That was I'll, my I'll accept that as a love of the wheat. My favourite plant milk is always Oatly Barista. But if I'm ever seeing it on offer... Ow, I just hit my nail. <laughs> if I'm ever seeing it on offer, I will always go for the kind of fresh... Um, innocent hazelnut milk. Oh, really? Because that That's one's really rogue. nice in hot chocolate. Mm. So if I, if I see that, I'll get that. Um, but Oatly Barista is my fave. Plant yeah. milks are so interesting to me. Like, my sister tries all sorts. I went to my colleague's house the other week and she had pea milk and I just can't mm. get on board with that. I tried potato milk recently. <laughs> um, there is a new one. It came out in Waitrose and it was called, it's called Doug and it's potato milk. The theory behind it, I guess, is that it's like, it's it's the most environmentally friendly plant-based milk, but the ingredient right, okay. list, obviously, for any health conscious peeps out there, is like 9% potato and then like the rest of it is like oils and all sorts of other oh. things you know like that obviously give it yeah. the milky texture it didn't um taste bad it kind of tasted artificially sweetened um but it wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination but i only tried it just for the gimmick really because i was like oh, i have yeah. to try potato milk but yeah and also a product called doug <laughs> what a great yeah name. <laughs> uh, it was fun wouldn't buy again but was worth trying so yeah a mm. uh, sad plant-based milk situation and i i hated myself because at the time of picking it up and putting it in the trolley I thought to myself, do I get one of these and one of the milk that I'm familiar with just in case? And then I thought, no, it's mm-hmm. like a whole pound cheaper. Just get two. How bad can it be? Apparently bad is the answer. So Very bad. Very bad. So, so that was a sad low for you. Shall we, shall we move on to some questions? Or did you want to say anything else about your week before we did? Because just for context, we asked on Instagram just for some, like, not Agni Ant questions, just for some questions, anything you might want to know about us for this week's episode. Um, and I got some quite good ones. So did you want to talk about anything else? I, or just move on? I do have a couple of other things that I wanted to mention from my week, just briefly, okay. to kind of, like, get you all up to speed. Because I feel... Ooh, drop my ooh, phone. Um, <laughs> I feel that by the time we record again in two weeks, these things will all be out of date and I want to get them out there while it's still fresh. So, first of all, another thing I've been watching on TV is a show on Netflix called Is It Cake? Oh, I've (laughs) seen that on the top ten. It's so fun. Me and Jay watched it a couple of weeks ago, so I feel like real trendsetters that we got there before it was in trending. Um, But essentially, it's just as exactly as it sounds. There are these, like, incredible cake artist people who make cakes that look like hyper-realistic products. And the way that it works is that, like, three of them compete at any one time. And they're given, like, a theme of, like, let's say it's things you could buy at the supermarket... And then they each pick an item to replicate as cake. And then right. their one item, so let's say someone makes a carton of Alpro Oat Semi. Um, <laughs> and then, like, they would make their cake version. 
and then it goes up against like four real cartons of milk and then three judges come on and they have 20 seconds to try and guess which one is oh, cake that is fun. so it's really fun and really really very watchable it's like a good cross between like a baking show and a game show um right okay so i really enjoyed I, it it fascinates me what people can make with cake yeah i follow this woman on actually i only follow her now like i didn't know who she was before on tiktok and she filmed a video as if it was like a makeup video and she was like i've just got this new fenty beauty bronzer and um, like pulls the bronzer stick out of her makeup bag and says i'm gonna try it it's in the shade mocha and then just eats it and it really blew my mind but it was an april fools and she'd made it <laughs> out of cake but honestly i thought this woman had just gone mad and eaten Eat a, a bronzer bronze stick <laughs> it like made me want to gip <laughs> oh, lovely um but yeah like some of the cakes on here were like it's very it's, it's impressive what people can make with cake um so and then also each episode, whoever's the winner has a chance to win like $10,000 each episode. But to do that, they have to play a game called Cake or Cash. And then there are like two like piggy banks or bags of money or something like that. And one is real and one is cake. And they have to choose which one is cake to win the money. So it's, it's a lot of fun. That's cool. That's um, cool. So that's one thing I wanted to mention. The only other thing really um, is a question for you. Um, oh. have you listened to Harry Styles' new song? No, because I'm not that into Harry Styles. I'm sorry. Take it back. <laughs> Can't. In my house, <laughs> growing up, the way you took something back was you had to say padoop. Padoop. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if that's just my family. I think it is. that's the thing. I think it's just your family. <laughs> I've never done But that I'm not going to padoop it because... You don't. You don't padoop it. That's... I like watermelon sugar. It's catchy. And like a couple of the other ones, but I'm just not on the hype. I'm on the hype. Big you time. Like the new song? I love the new song. Um, for anyone who is a Harry Styles fan, what the vibe I'm picking up is a combination of the um like songs and the vibe that you get from Blossoms, their music. Um right, okay. it just feels like a bit nostalgic but very like poppy. And then like there's a certain bit where he kind of feels like he's not singing fully. He's kind of like talking. And that reminds me of another similar section for a song called Pink Lemonade by James Bay. Um, oh, I love James So Bay. I really like the vibe of it. It's made me very excited because his album is coming out on the 20th of May as like a pre-birthday surprise Ooh. for me. Um, I'm assuming that's why he's done it on the 20th of May to like yeah, treat obviously. me for my birthday. Um, yeah. But like, I feel, you know... A, a single can kind of give you like the vibe of the album and I yeah, like definitely. the vibe of the single so I'm hoping that means that I'll like the album so yeah that was mm. another thing that I was excited about from this week I have pretty much been listening to just Harry Styles and then Bridgerton songs that has been my life <laughs> I respect that and I wish I like knowing me in two years time I will be on the Harry Styles hype because <laughs> when everyone else is my over it. <laughs> brand is just being extremely late to every party but I'm just not on the hype yet um, but I'm glad that you like the song. The only other thing that I have to mention is, actually, this probably should have been my high. <laughs> definitely should have been my high. Is that a couple of days ago, I submitted my proofread of Heartbreak House Share, which is where I printed out... So it, when you finish, like, almost fully finished editing, it goes to be typeset, which is when it comes back to you and it looks like it would in a book. So the chapters and the fonts are all the same and it 
yeah, it looks like a proper book apart from it's not bound. So I printed it all out and I've been proofreading it and that just got sent off. So that was a great feeling. But the kind of high element of it is that my parents were here a couple of weeks ago and I should have mentioned this in the last podcast, but I forgot. <laughs> like clearly, I don't know why I forgot it. And the book is dedicated to them and I Cute. showed them the dedication. Um to which my mum started jumping around the flat and going to my dad, ha ha, I've been the dedication twice. <laughs> we love, love a bit that, of competition. <laughs> wow. Um, so it was, she was only joking and they really loved the dedication. Not going to say what it is because... I, I know what to. it is. <laughs> but Kira knows what it is. And uh, yeah, I quite like the It's a fun one. They I really, like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they really loved it too. So I think it's just... It's a very niche way that I'm glad that I can show the people I care about that I care about them. Do you know what I mean? It's a unique situation, that and, like, accepting an award, like, an award ceremony, which I'm certainly probably never going to do. But I can see, like, that's, like, one of those opportunities where you suddenly just have, like, the whole whole stage, basically, to, like, say whatever you want. So, yeah. Love that. Yeah, I submitted my um, acknowledgements. Um, they weren't in the, the typeset version of the manuscript. I had to submit them when I submitted the proofread. Um, so I'm excited for everyone to read them. A wink, wink. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. See what happens. Um, so yeah, that is another thing that happened to me. And now, shall we do some questions? Because I think we got some really fun ones. Let's well, do I don't it. know what you got. Yeah, I, got I might have ones. some really boring ones. So, yeah. <laughs> jokes. Um, but yeah, do you want to go first? If you have some fun questions mm-hmm. to hit me with. Okay, so there's five. And I know we're not going to have time for them all. So I'm trying to pick the best Okay, ones. I'm going to go for one which is like bringing it back to our roots which is what book release are you most looking forward to this year uh well for me it would have to be um heartbreak house share by emily merrill (laughs) see i didn't think you were gonna say that i thought you were gonna say beth o'leary which comes out well all i'm saying guys and you'll have heard it here first is that i'm pitting emily merrill as the next beth o'leary that's all i'm saying so <laughs> that is the greatest honor of my life <laughs> i i am very excited though about beth o'leary's book also however what i will say is that i didn't like the road trip as much as her other two books <gasps> so like, like a stab to the heart i know so I, I really liked it like it's one of those ones where like you're never rating the author badly yeah. it's just like by comparison and now I've recently read The Flat Share again and like that was so great that I was like I'm hoping this one will be better but I did yeah. think The Road Trip wasn't quite as good for me as I really liked The Flat Share and The Switch so yeah. See for me I really liked The Flat Share, um, liked The Switch but loved The Road Trip and I feel like the kind of concept for this new one called The No Show is very up my alley in that it's, a bit it's three different, different women. It? Yeah. yeah it's very I think ambitious and I'm excited to see what she does with it. Mm. Um, it's three different women and they all get stood up on the same day by the same guy and nobody knows where the guy is <laughs> and I just think that's such a fun concept like anything to do with like that initial point of dating and I assume the women are going to bond like that is just chef's kiss love it um, <laughs> and I haven't so... even read it I would have sold my soul for a, for a proof copy of this I, I tried so hard I think I actually also tried <laughs> I can't remember I'm sure I contacted them I was like please and they're like sorry no I also tried and for ev- Sally Rooney as well but that was yeah. to no avail <laughs> the people that got Sally Rooney proofs and Beth O'Leary proofs like 
I just want to be you. I just want to talk. I know. <laughs> it's honestly like, just wonder what it's like to be one of God's favourites. <laughs> the publishing <True>. gods. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is Beth O'Leary then your, fa- your, your most anticipated release of the year? Yes. So, uh, yeah, it definitely is. But I also just went to Waterstones yesterday and picked up the sequel, which came out like four days ago, um, to Dial A for Aunties, which was that fun rom-com that I read a few weeks ago. I loved that. And I'm in such a reading slump at the moment. I haven't picked up a book in, I don't think, maybe a month. (laughs) Like, I just can't read. Um, So I'm hoping that is going to get me out of my slump in time for Beth O'Leary. So the fact that I'm probably going to have that sequel and then Beth O'Leary as my next reading mm. few weeks really brings me joy. That's quite exciting, to be honest. Um, mm. I feel like that leads me very nicely onto a question that I got, Ooh. which is also book-related. And it's... Um, it says... <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> the question says, um, basically... Being on BookTube and Bookstagram, do you feel any, like, major pressure to read, like, a certain amount of books or reach certain reading goals? And kind of, like, how to deal with that, I guess. I definitely feel that pressure. And I think it ricochets. 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 (laughs) Ricochets. Ricochets. Like, if you then go into a reading slump, Mm. I have been... I'm really trying to get back on Bookstagram since my reading slump started and I think I'm succeeding a little bit (laughs) but I haven't created a booktube video since like my reading slump started because I feel like sometimes when a slump comes on you just cannot force it you've got to wait until you feel like reading again yeah and that is such a big conversation topic for my videos that I don't know what I talk about so then I don't make the content so then I panic about not making the content and then that makes me want to read less (laughs) so I feel like it's like a little bit of a cycle and as you can see from my panicked spiral of destruction, I don't have much advice. <laughs> Absolutely uh, can feel that through the, the phone yeah. as we're speaking right now. Um, but yeah, I definitely think reading slumps when you are a bookish content creator feel like the worst thing ever because you either mm. can like force yourself through it, but then I feel like your content feels inauthentic or yeah. it just feels a bit like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like depressing (laughs) to be creating content that you don't feel passionate about because I think when you're not Mm -hmm. excited about reading the books then I feel like that lack of excitement comes across in the way that you talk about them and then you feel like the content reflects that and it just it's it's a it's a big downward spiral basically Mm. um I would say sorry you go (laughs) (laughs) I was just gonna say for me I feel like when I was new on booktube i've never really done bookstagram so i can't speak on that when i was new on booktube i definitely felt the pressure more not only to read a certain amount but also to read certain types of books and to like maintain the hype and i do think that is i guess like a privilege that comes with having grown to a slightly larger platform um Mm -hmm. is that you don't feel the pressure as much to to, like i guess I don't know how to phrase it, but like I feel like when you're newer and starting to try and grow a, pl- a platform or a channel, it feels like you have to make sure that you are like always on the hype and always like yeah. doing what other people are doing that feels popular because that's the only way to grow. Whereas once you have kind of like reached a goal of whatever that may be, you feel like you can maybe relax a little bit more or let the content reflect yeah. your actual interests a bit more. So I think the pressure to read a certain amount always stays because 
the content doesn't exist without the books like that's kind of mm-hmm. how it works but I do think the pressure to read certain types of books I've let go of the last couple of years because I feel yeah. like it just it didn't feel like me to be trying to read like YA fantasy but that's what I felt I had <laughs> to do so I look back at myself reading high fantasy and middle grade <laughs> and I'm like who is she because if it's not not non-fictional romance like these days I just won't do it um I will say that I feel the pressure less on bookstagram bookstagram is my favorite platform Mm -hmm. more than booktok more than um youtube probably on par with the podcast they're the ones that bring me the most joy because they're the ones I feel like are the most balanced Mm -hmm. lifestyle wise like if I don't talk about books on bookstagram I still could talk about writing I could talk about like homeware and small businesses I could just talk about life in York and coffee and Mm -hmm. pretty pictures and I love that space it feels very safe to me um whereas I think obviously as you say on booktube the content doesn't exist without it I can't make a 30 minute video like usual if I'm not reading I've got no books to talk about so yeah I think depending on the channel it's like a little bit the pressure's more Mm -hmm. but booktube is hard to do when you're not reading it really is so like the pressure is there I think ultimately like you've done it is important to like take breaks if you feel like you need it because I think inauthentic content or content that you're not passionate about is Mm -hmm. just it's so obvious when it's being done and you can feel it yourself then it just is like a spiral so I think it exists absolutely but it's just important to try and like bring it back to what makes you love the reading in the first place and then hope that everything else follows I guess yeah that was a good question it was those questions were perfectly like aligned um and I did just mention this in my answer to that one Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna go for this one next love it do you have any favorite homeware shops or small businesses you'd like to shout out and recommend oh well do you want me to go first yeah please (laughs) because I obviously saw this question okay um so I friggin love small business a homeware brand i just love them so i picked two um small businesses and one that i think started out as a small business but is now more of a brand so the two small businesses i have so many i feel like i might do a tiktok at some point that just shouts them all out but my Mm -hmm. two favorites at the moment are laura jade art and she is an artist but she makes really delicate beautiful earrings i bought a pair from her christmas collection and i bought a pair from her valentine's collection and both of those times i also bought extra pairs for like other people as gifts and i really like that she's so open about the kind of creative process on her instagram and every like design she comes out with just feels very authentic to her kind of style of art Mm -hmm. and i just love her earrings and they're kind of like i think sometimes the kind of artist creates earrings can mean that the earrings are quite clunky because they're trying to pack a lot into the design yeah but hers are really delicate which i love because i do like having earrings from small businesses but also them being quite delicate and she gets that balance perfectly so that's my first one and then my second one is called taylor and lucas and they are such a cool brand and also such a cool story so i think they are like a couple and last year they weren't enjoying all of the like fandom merch that was out there so they they now do like hand embroidered or i think at this point they've probably gone they've probably invested in machines but it started out as hand embroidered sweatshirts um and you get them in all different colors all different taylor swift lyrics and i have one and i'm definitely going to be getting another and i just they're really comfy a really great oversized size and there's so many options of taylor swift lyrics that 
It is just one of my favorite small businesses. If I'm wearing their sweatshirt, I think I've got one that's um, a Coney Island you sweatshirt. You do. That's the one that's I've got. That's the one you were wearing last time we filmed the podcast. And I was like, yeah. I really like that sweatshirt. Yeah, it's so nice. Um, not my favorite song, but I loved the design because the Coney Island sweatshirt has like a, what's it called? The fairground ride where you get on the horses. A merry-go-round. And it goes round. Carousel. A merry-go-round carousel yeah i forgot about that word um and yeah it's just a really beautiful embroidered sweatshirt and it washes really well and i really love them so those are my two small businesses and then recently i have been on such an element element Eleanor Baumer, either Baumer or Bomer, and I'm not sure. Eleanor Baumer hype, and she, I think, started out as a small business, and she is like an illustrator of these really cool, colourful, eccentric designs. And now she's like selling her stuff in John Lewis. She's got an online shop. Like, it's really cool. And I am slowly just wow. The husky next door is barking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm slowly making sure that my house is entirely Eleanor Baumer. You can't see this, listeners. But Kira might be able to see this. This print over here. That's oh, Alabama. very cool. Yeah, this. These Dalmatian print coasters. Also they're in cool. I have bought a Dalmatian print mug tree. I bought that last week. And I've ordered like a set of four different coloured leopard print mugs. Wow. All from Eleanor Balmer. They're just entirely like if I had to sum up my interior design preference in a brand, (laughs) it would be that. Like, I just love it. And I want everything to be Eleanor Balmer. When I went for afternoon tea last weekend, me and Rachel went into John Lewis with my mum. And we just bought her entire collection between us. <laughs> I just, we just bought it all. I mean, it was great. love that for you. you got to do what makes you happy. <laughs> yeah, indeed. A bit of retail therapy never hurt nobody. No. Well, it kind of did yeah. hurt me because I saw the, the article about the rising energy prices and that made me... Want to cry. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're mine. How about you? Um, I absolutely do not have as much as you because I feel like I, rather than spending money on, like, things, spend more money on, like, food. So um, I don't have a huge recommendation list. However, what I will say is that I have one that came through you to me, um, and it Ooh. is Noah, the candle place. Love um, Noah. I've got a few of their candles. I also gave a few people their candles for Christmas, and I just really like them. Super cute um, and really, really delicious smells. So that is the only one I have. But And really cool. unique smells, I feel like. Mm. She comes out with some... She's. Do, I think she's doing a bakery collection next, oh, which I feel like we're going to enjoy. That sounds delightful. <laughs> um, I think I have had... What have I had? The Slumber one, which is like a coffee shop Love. smell. Delightful. Mm-hmm. Then I got a... I think it was fig and hazelnut one at Christmas time. Mm. And then like a ginger one that kind of smells like gingerbread. Very, very delicious. So um, love that. If you like foodie candle smells, then she's got some good ones. I say she. I don't know if it's a she actually, but I just... It is. She's called Natasha. She's cool. I just got a vibe that like, no offense men, but I don't think men would make candles that smell that nice. (laughs) It is really cool. I just love like being able to follow these people on Instagram and see the creative process behind a small business because it baffles me how people start a business up from nothing because I wouldn't have a clue. No, me neither. Me neither. Um, The next question I've got is actually more so just for me, so I do apologise about that. I got a couple of questions about being a vegan, um, so I thought Mm -hmm. I'd answer them because a few came up. So the first one was, um, what made me go vegan? Did I go vegan immediately or was it a transition? And then I also had one asking for like dealing with eating with non-vegans. So um, I'll start with oh, why fine. why I went vegan. Um, I'd been vegetarian for like quite a while beforehand um, and started watching more vegan YouTubers at the time. This was like circa 20... 
15 maybe that I started like watching these vegan YouTubers um, and no judgment on anyone else but I just started learning more about the ethical side of things like dairy and egg farming and the reason I had been vegetarian was for an ethical reason and so when I learned about the connection to these other industries and the fact that cows didn't just make milk for fun they had milk because they had had a baby and um, just like any other human would have like make breast milk it just suddenly clicked I was like oh they have made the milk for a reason and we're taking yeah. it or with um eggs I learned that like the male chicks are often just like discarded because they're not useful to the industry um and for me because I had been vegetarian for an ethical reason once I learned about those things it didn't make sense for me to continue supporting those industries because they just didn't align with my ethics and what I wanted to get from what I was eating essentially so that is the reason why and then since I've obviously learned about some health benefits and like the environment and stuff so again it all just aligns with like what I wanted my diet to be basically. Um, and once I'd started giving up those things, I saw that I could live without them. So then it just seemed silly to continue buying them. And um, I didn't go vegan 100% like as in like overnight, as I mentioned, I'd been vegetarian already. And then the more I was watching these vegan YouTubers, the more I started making switches to like a vegan milk and then gradually just cutting different things out. The last thing to go was cheese, which is I think the case for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. um, so it was like a gradual transition. I officially went vegan in February of, I think it was 2016, because I've been vegan for six years That's now. A long time. So yeah, it's, um, I was 18, it was my first year of university, I was making changes. So yeah, it was a, <laughs> a good time. And then the next question was, how to deal with eating out with non-vegans. Um, I personally don't have an issue with that because I don't I, I don't know whether maybe this person has someone who is like aggressive because I know some people can be like really offended by the vegan diet as if it's like affecting them personally. Um, so obviously if that's the case, I would just say like, just say, this is just what I'm eating. You can eat whatever you want to eat and then just like get on with your life basically. And just, you know, if someone is being arsy about it, just either choose not to eat with them anymore and move on or just like hold your ground. But I think it's not an issue that's ever come up for me. I would happily go out and eat with anyone. It doesn't matter what they're eating as long as I'm eating what I want to eat and they're eating what they want to eat. I think diet is so personal that you can't allow your own opinions on what you want to eat to affect how you treat other people because we're all on a different journey and everyone has to make their own decisions so I just say you can only control what you can control if it's really difficult for you to eat with non-vegans then don't but I think that makes your life a lot harder so yeah that'd be my thought on that I feel like I really enjoy, like, just from a non-vegan take, I'm not vegan and I'm not vegetarian. However, I do incorporate a lot of, like, meat substitutes mm-hmm. and try and, like, just do it where I can. Yeah. Um, I really love being friends with you for many reasons. <laughs> Thanks. But, like, I really like the fact that you're vegan and therefore I try loads of things. Like, if I, if it wasn't for you, I'd never have tried nutritional, nu- nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast. Yeah. And actually, that's really tasty. And I just find it very... It's like a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy, like, taking things away from that. And Kira never makes me feel, if we got dinner, like, I can't order meat. And I never would want her to feel like she... Like, weird about being vegan. Like, yeah. I just think, yeah, it does depend on who you're around. Because I really like getting to take kind of insights and try new things away from the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are obviously some vegans out there who like are notoriously a bit militant. Um, I'm not (laughs) one of those people because I just think each to their own. Um, 
what I eat is my business and what everyone else wants to eat is their business um, and that's just the way I choose to see it and um, I do think like depending on when you went vegan um, a lot of people will find themselves being really passionate and like outraged at the beginning of their vegan journey because they've yeah. just learned a lot of information and can't believe other people don't view that info in the same way that they do and then I think a lot of people who have been vegan for a longer time just calm down a bit and realize like they're making a difference themselves and other people might be doing other things in their life to make a positive difference and we don't all have to be the same so yeah yeah and I feel like that's a great way to lead on to my next question <laughs> which we've answered before but I'm aware that obviously we'll get new people listening and yes. we haven't answered it for a while which is what is your perfect day of food oh. <laughs> which I love answering these questions <laughs> and I do feel like since we answered this my decisions have decisions have changed oh so. I can't wait for this um I I'm on a bit of a diet at the moment nothing too major mm-hmm. but I am like watching what I eat hashtag shreddy for summer um so <laughs> um this is quite exciting for me I could live vicariously through yeah. my wish list of food so let's start with breakfast I would have a bowl of vanilla yogurt topped with cinnamon apples and almond butter my stomach has actually started rumbling as I started talking about it um, and this is a breakfast that I have now anyway like while I'm on my hashtag diet um but mm-hmm. it's yeah vanilla yogurt cinnamony baked apples and then almond butter maybe some granola on top for a bit of texture and I would have that alongside a cup of coffee made with oat milk not alprosemi just the regular oat milk and that would be my breakfast for a mid-morning snack I reckon I'd have um, a slice of the Biscoff banana bread from Brew and Brownie so so delicious um at lunchtime this is where I always struggle at lunchtime lunch is where I'm going to struggle I think lunch is like my least favorite meal of the day um maybe I would have some blueberry pancakes with maple syrup um because I do love that um and then for dinner I would have the biggest fattest most delicious bowl of pesto pasta topped with a ridiculous <laughs> amount of nutritional yeast, maybe a little bit of the applewood vegan cheese grated on, and I'd have nice. um, some peas, maybe like fine beans and broccoli with it, some spinach, and then finally, a big, huge garlic baguette. <laughs> um, nice. And maybe Do I you know would what's have funny? some ice cream for pudding, cookie dough ice cream. Oh, ice cream. Yeah. Nice. What's funny is that you're clearly like staying in, whereas I'm clearly going, going out. out <laughs> so mine would be, and this is like, honestly, the, the thought of this makes my mouth water. <laughs> so I'm obsessed at the moment with the Brew and Brownie Eggs Benedict mm-hmm. with crispy bacon. Classic. So what are you about to hear is a vegan versus non-vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I bloody love eggs benedict at the moment don't know why don't know where it came from just love it so i'd have that with a big tropical smoothie Mm. for my breakfast then if we're gonna go do you know what i don't think after eggs benedict i would have a mid-morning snack smack (laughs) i don't think i would have a mid-morning smack um i think i would have like an afternoon one so that's my breakfast yeah then for my lunch again it's where it differs but if this is my dream day of food and we're not talking about health and I can just like eat whatever you want yeah I would get Taco Bell oh what would you (laughs) get Taco Bell I really liked the um the cheese and like Cajun quesadilla Mm -hmm. I like the crispy soft chicken taco Mm -hmm. I love the fries 
from Taco Bell. I'd just get everything. <laughs> Classic. Then for my mid-afternoon snack, I would get the Rocky Road from Brew and Brownie because... Ooh, oh, you like the a Rocky, Rocky Road. Road. Yeah. But the it's specifically the Brew and Brownie one because it has like Rolos and Honeycomb in. So it's like the Rocky Road of, of dreams. dreams. Like yeah. I really want to replicate it at home. So I'd have a slice of that and I would have um, one of their Biscoff hot chocolates mm-hmm. with it because their Biscoff hot chocolate is legendary. Um, <laughs> to you. <laughs> I'm eating, yeah, I'm eating a lot of brew and brownie today. And then my dinner would be um, katsu curry from Wagamama's with some of the pork and apple bao buns. Ooh. And I'd have that with like a litre of Diet Coke. Nice. And then, do you know what? I don't really eat um, dessert in the evenings, but one thing I'm really excited about for Easter, which leads me on to another question I want to ask you, (laughs) um, is I would have some of the Lindt chocolate bunny dipped in a cup of biscuit tea, Mm. Yorkshire biscuit tea. That would be my dream day of food, which leads me on to what is your, like, go-to Easter egg? Okay, so um, this year I've already bought three. Um... And those are from the brand Buttermilk, a vegan chocolate orange one. Um, nice. That's been a long time favourite of mine because they've had vegan Easter eggs for like quite a few years. Then a more yeah. recent favourite, but one that I think is going to be my absolute top Easter egg forevermore, is the Nomo Caramel Egg. <gasps> that's what we've got my sister and then i've also got on the nomo cookie dough one which comes with like you know the malteser um bunnies maltesters yeah it's like a vegan cookie dough version of that but they had them at christmas as well as reindeers and they were so good so yeah what about you so i over any easter egg as i've just said will always take a limp bunny and dip it in a cup of tea like to me (laughs) that moment of like dipping it in the tea is just like orgasmic (laughs) So I like I've asked for that. Then I've also already eaten because let's just let's not restrict it to just Easter. No. And I've not given anything up for Lent. Already eaten a whole bag of the Tony's Chocolate Only's like mixed bag of Easter eggs. Cute. Love Tony's Chocolate Only. You know I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one that I've asked for this year, which I've never seen before. Don't know if it's new. Is the chocolate fingers Easter egg with like the dairy milk classic egg but it's got chocolate fingers in the egg that's cool see jay's favorite is is the malteser egg with malteser bits in the shell of the egg and we always like to get a bowl each break up our eggs then put them in the fridge then you got like i remember that cold chocolate it's so good so good absolutely love it um for me at least there's no better way to end this episode. Like, I have nothing else to add that mm. could beat this discussion of wonderful food. Yeah, of so eggs. yeah. Thank you for that. I feel question. like it ties it all. Uh, it all ties it together because my sister is not vegan, but she is like trying to be dairy free mm-hmm. for health reasons. And because of your recommendation, I got her the Nomo caramel, which really ties together what I was saying about loving being friends with a vegan. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I, I like to spread the uh, the good vegan recommendations everywhere because there are mm-hmm. so many vegan products. They are generally a bit pricier than the non-vegan alternative um and it's just good if someone else has tried it and recommends it so you know you're not wasting your money basically yeah. so yeah like you like you did with alpro semi yeah god what a mistake what a mistake <laughs> not to end the episode on the low <laughs> um but on that note i feel like we've talked about a lot of food and i love that for us so me too Thanks for your questions, yes. if you gave us one of those, because I actually really love that. Like, I'm glad that Agony Ant has taken a break, but just general questions are a lot I find of fun. Really fun. Yeah. So please DM us some, because I've still got more, so we might continue to answer them yeah, in future episodes, absolutely. because I just find it really fun. 
yeah, 100%. So send any questions that you want us to answer. You always know where to find us. Um, but thank you so much for listening this time around and we'll see you next time. See you soon. Bye. Bye.